Hi, I'm Paul Shepard and welcome to the Mindset Change Podcast. So I'm going to be honest with you, something big changed my life in ways I could not have imagined over the past few years. And today we are going to be talking about it. Now I've mentioned in a few episodes before, like my surrender experiment episode, about how important flow states are and how they have impacted not only my life, but people around me. Now, the message of going into flow and experiencing the benefits has been like a hypnotic drum calling me to explore the subject deeper and deeper. And it led me to listening to a fantastic book called Living in Flow by physics educator and author Sky Nelson Isaacs. Now, whilst listening to this book, I had so many strange and wonderful synchronicities, which literally rocked my world. So I had to reach out to Sky to ask if he'd come on the show. And before you know it, here he is to help me deep dive into the subject of flow states. If you've not yet subscribed, please do so you won't miss another episode. You really don't want to miss those deep subconscious training meditations, which can really help you transform your life. And I want to welcome Sky Nelson Isaacs. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Paul? It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. You've been in my ear quite a lot the past few months listening to Living in Flow. (laughs) Yeah, it it was um, a defining book for me in lots of ways. It really cemented uh, some of the things that I was experiencing with synchronicity. So I hunted you out. And then I found out you had another book called Leap to Wholeness, which that's a whole other can of worms so uh but both books highly recommended if you want to take things to another level in regards to synchronicity and flow um but for those who are wondering what is this going to be all about could you define define synchronicity and flow you know i so appreciate paul uh, a host that has read both my books (laughs) before talking to me and that's a big accomplishment because it's a lot of a lot of content <laughs> as we talked about before. Um, yeah, yeah. So I really appreciate your your in- integrity and your intention and your the, the way you're serving your your, your people. Um, Thank you. You know, dealing with the modern world and the stuff that's coming up and the historical stress and tension is just so it's so important. Finding new ways to do that, um, I think I have a lot of hope for our humanity because we do have the tools to overcome some of our past and create a beautiful world. So that's why I think about this stuff and write, write these books. Cause uh, I think we do have an op- opportunity to live in more flow. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about flow these days. For me, I had a lot of <clears throat> experiences of synchronicity starting in my twenties or maybe before that, but I didn't identify them as synchronicity before that. <clears throat> but coincidences are just noticing how things happened in my life at the right time. Like one example of that timing, long before I ever thought about synchronicity, was when I first switched from eighth grade to high school. I switched cities and was um, going from a a situation where I felt really out and and like I didn't belong. And I wanted to have a different experience in high school. For the first couple months of high school, I would go off campus every lunch and go down to the arcade and play video games, which is kind of fun with a couple of kids, but I was basically in my own little world, you know. And something about me knew that that wasn't what I wanted and for, for the rest of my life, you know? So I decided I, I tried to make a change and I stayed on campus for lunch and um, I sat down and had a conversation with some other kid, 
it was very uncomfortable, but um, the next day I did the same thing and suddenly we were talking every day and I wasn't alone. And I had this shift in my life that was like transformational towards the more social, accepted, belonging kid that I wanted to be. So there's a sense of timing and how did that, how did everything in my life sort of contribute to that timing of that change for me? And then um, I began to track synchronicities, individual events more carefully in my, as I grew up as an adult. And, um, you know, like an example I could give is when I was in grad school, I had a, um, you know, I, I had my first semester where I was just taking classes. Beginning of my second semester, I had to decide on a thesis and a, a thesis advisor. So that was a little bit like, who, who am I going to choose? Who's a good match for me? Who's going to choose me? And it turns out right at that semester, there was a new teacher coming to the school. And um, it was only my second semester there, but you know, it was a new addition to the faculty. He was teaching my class in quantum mechanics, which was a relevant, which was relevant to what I wanted to study. And he was my teacher. So I looked him up ahead of time, did some research, planned ahead to try and meet him and see if it was a good fit. And I get get to class early on the first day of class of the second semester, and I go to the the door of the main office to see where you know it's posted where the classes are. I'm looking at that, standing in front of the door. Suddenly the door swings open and almost hits me. And I step back like, oh, I got to let this person through. And I look up briefly and see this guy walk out the door and start walking away. And in that one brief second, I was like, that looks like the guy. That looks like Kristen. And I went back to looking at the door and then was like, you know what? This is my moment. I can go say hi to him. So I went up and I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, hi, I'm Sky. I'm in your class, I think. And uh, do you know the way to get to class? He's like, no, I don't. <laughs> can you show me where it is? So I met him in the, in the hallway that first day by accident. And I showed him to class. I was the first student he met on campus. And I was ended up pursuing that and became the first student he ever graduated with at the thesis. And it was a very, it was like exactly the right experience I, I could have had at that school. So that's a synchronicity because that's a, it's a sense of not just an accidental synchronicity, but that's one that I actually planned for and sort of nurtured that relationship and then got that moment where things came together and I noticed it. He walked out the door. I had to back up. I noticed it was him in that split second. There's like this, this uh, cubic centimeter of chance. That's Carlos Castaneda's term for like that window of opportunity. And you either grab it or you don't. But when you do grab it, it leads you down a path that's new and aligned with some goal or intention that you have. It can lead to a more of a flow experience. Yeah. So just to go back to the that window of opportunity, because just because you brought it up, um, obviously that's a big moment for you. Not everyone takes that, makes that choice. Does it? What, what do you think prevents people from entering into that wonder of opportunity to take advantage of it? Yeah, not everyone takes a chance, that chance and not all the time. So for me, I started noticing that um, I was, was scared to take those opportunities. I'm a musician, so um, I had a lot of experiences with this as a musician performing. I would be at like an open mic or a jam session and, and see that there was an opportunity to like insert myself without being asked. Like no one was saying, Hey, Sky, it's your turn. Mm -hmm. But there was an invitation, like an unspoken invitation. 
for musicians who could who could join. And a lot of times I didn't take that opportunity because I felt like I, I wasn't invited. I need to wait or just, it doesn't feel safe. It's too exposed. It's too different. Mm. I think these opportunities lead us down unique paths. They're, they're, they're not the default path. So the default path is to sort of be quiet and don't go against the grain. Here's this opportunity to go against the grain, introduce yourself to someone new or take a, take a risk. And it feels scary. So we don't always have the skills or the courage to overcome it. It's not just courage. It's also about developing the right social skills to insert or change or take a risk that doesn't step on other people or create, you know, an ego. It's not from the ego place. It's from a place of creating something bigger in your life or in the world. I love that answer. Just a quick break to say I am so excited to announce a brand new podcast channel to help you transform your life in ways you might not yet be able to imagine. 2023, we are kicking your ass. Now, this is a channel of experimental content I know you are going to love. Now, Mindset Change Another Level has exclusive deeper subconscious training meditations to help you upgrade your long overdue programs that are holding you back in life. You also get searchable meditations without ads, intros and outros, so you can find your favorites super easily. You get access to masterminds to help take your mindset change to another level, and you get to engage with me in a whole new way. And as a thank you for supporting the new channel, you get discounts from my group workshops too. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes and come and join. Oh, and feel free to come and join my WhatsApp community too. I can't wait to welcome you. You're talking about, so going into flow. So synchronicities are a sign that we're going into flow, that we're in flow. And what is flow? Flow is often thought about or talked about as like a um, state of losing track of time, losing track of self-awareness. In some sense, becoming more self-aware because you're more unified with your environment. You're like at one with things. And so you're not thinking about, is this good enough? Is this the right thing to do? <clears throat> you just are naturally following your instinct like a kindergartner on the playground about where you want to go next. Mm. And what I found is that the synchronicities I experienced, like in that music situation in, in an open mic, I would take that risk. I would, I would sing a song or play, play, play with a group and it would lead to another song. It would lead to a relationship with that, with that person. It would lead to a relationship with the audience that wouldn't have happened otherwise. And that was, I walked away from the night being like, that was an incredible night. <laughs> And it's all because I took that risk, that window of opportunity. So there's a sense in which these windows of opportunity open, we step through them, and then the flow takes over. We get these new experiences that we couldn't have planned on. You know, the person in the audience happens to be someone you know, and they, they say, hey, it's Sky. That's amazing. And you have this great reconnection. Or it happens to be somebody who has um, a song like yours that they want to get help on, um, you know, when you step through that window, the environment was full of uncertainty. 
you didn't know who was there, you didn't know what skills they brought, you didn't know what was really going on. But from that uncertainty, from that sort of chaos of opportunity, pregnant opportunity, come all sorts of things that you didn't realize were going to happen. Well, when you step through that window and take the opportunity that's offered, like, whoa, surprises happen. I, I love the term pregnant opportunity, by the way. That, you know, that's uh, such a good <laughs> term. Um, and it reminded me of um, just in, in a way when we have something, when there's an op- when we have something appears to go wrong or there's, a, a, some, or there's resistance to something, um, that just relaxing into it, surrendering it can take us into um, a flow state to notice the opportunities coming our way. I had an injury uh, about a week ago. I was running, uh, training for a half marathon, and, and unfortunately, I, uh, I strained a muscle, so I was going to be unable to mm-hmm. run the half marathon. But I, it was really strange. Mm-hmm. But within a few minutes of me having that experience, I knew I was going to somehow gain from it. I didn't know how, but I knew that I was somehow going to gain from it. And then I was led through a, a variety of channels to a cryotherapy place where... Um, I had some amazing treatment, but also learned a lot about what was going on to prevent future injuries because there was a weakness in, in the muscle. And I've got a big training event coming up in April with, with High Rocks. And I wanted to make sure I'm going to be fit for that. So this was a great opportunity to help it make to make sure that I don't get to that, you know, don't get to it injured. But also the cryotherapy have a yeah. huge community, which they want me to do some work for them out of nowhere. Oh. So there was, yeah. So, that, so there was all these opportunities beginning to pop up, and things that would be very right. good for me in the long term future. Just from That's having great. And, um, you know, an, an experience. I appreciate your what you're indicating there is you you let go of your attachment to how you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Because you had this this half marathon that seems really important, and I don't know, maybe it, maybe it is really important. But what you seem to be saying is that. There's something else, something else going on that's that's also important. This gives you some heads up on how to handle that better. Mm. And if we can think of our lives as training, um, you know, we're we're up leveling our lives through the self um, awareness that we try and develop. And uh, there's different levels of self awareness, like first being aware of mm. you know your reactions to things and why maybe that you're unhappy. And then realizing, you know, how that shows up in your relationships, realizing how that's affecting your work, and realizing what it really, really, really means to think about happiness differently. There's different levels, mm. in my experience, of climbing in self-awareness and 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 well-being and mindfulness, and mm. thinking that that is a training ground. So that the thing I was attached to happening yet tomorrow. When it falls apart, I'm like not freaking out that it fell apart, but thinking about how does this lead me to the real important test next week or next month. Yeah, I love that. I love right. That. I think it's, 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 a, it's a mindset to develop, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very powerful mindset to develop. Do you find, do you do stuff to enter flow states? You're a musician. I'm, I'm going to guess that feels like you're in flow when maybe you're playing. Um, I'm not a musician, so whenever I'm doing writing or something for the show or, or uh, a book, um, I go into a flow state for an hour or two, and then I feel from doing that, I begin to notice more synchronicities. Is that something that you've noticed, or Ooh. is this something that, you know, is, I won't say it's unusual, but it's something that people seem to be mentioning quite a bit. 
you know, I'm, I'm tapping into that. Um, it's such a part of my life that mm. I'd say where, where I go with it now is everything I'm doing feels like part of a flow. Sometimes that flow is grungy and uncomfortable a lot of the time, actually. Um, and usually that has to do with the way I'm relating to people and myself. Mm. So I've been on a journey the past year or more, I mean, decades, but you know, really learning about self-love the past year and where in my life am I turning away opportunities for feeling better? Like I went to, um, I've been going to an Aikido class where I've created this community of people that just, I feel very uncomfortable in Aikido because it's hard you know, physical martial mm. arts. I'm not very good at it. And I've been doing it for my whole life in a way. Okay. Um, but I got this great community and it. it's like, I'm letting in, I'm getting, letting go of the shame of not being as good as I want to be letting in the fact that they still love me and support me and want me there. And it's been really busy in my life. So I haven't been going to Aikido and, um, they asked me to come by and pick something up the other day. So I dropped by with like five minutes to spare, picked it up. And there was like five of my favorite people were there and I, I wanted to stop in and say hello, but I was in a rush and I was in this space of like, not in flow. Right. But, um, even that was like noticing, ah, when I feel like I'm in a rush, I don't take the time to let in goodness. Cause here's an opportunity to have mm. a conversation with these people that is always good. And I would really benefit from that love receiving that love right now, but I feel like I've got to get somewhere. And complete something else it pulls me out of the moment so even when i was not feeling like i was in flow i was noticing what was going on for me and the whole experience as a whole was kind of like flow teaching me something right yeah i love that example it's almost like there's a scarcity mindset that you don't have enough time and in a way yeah. that's that's almost like a form of abandoning yourself to a degree isn't it i don't have enough and then you're um, yeah. not able to take in that, that, you know, be the experience of being with your five favorite people. So it, it, I think, right. but do you, know, do you think that that, even that experience is a reminder to, because you, you remember it, we were having a conversation about it, that that is a reminder to move back into flow. So there's, so something yeah. gained from just that experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, my answer to the question is really about, everything is trying to get you back into flow and noticing the ways in which we go against the current because we feel like we're supposed to be better or earlier or more accomplished mm. or smarter, or we don't deserve this positive feedback or all those things that come up for us are getting in the way of what's actually showing up in our lives. And constantly, it's not like you gotta be on the lookout for once a week, you know, the synchronicity. It's like everything that happens is part of uh, the gift of nature to teach us more about what's happening in our lives and what's in the way of feeling better. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And just I want to move on a bit because I, I think we're always in flow, but to, to I think to yeah. intentionally access a state where the ego just seems to disappear, time seems to disappear, seems to for me anyway seems to create more of an awareness i guess it's a more of a mindful awareness of those opportunities those windows of opportunities so that i can take advantage 
And I think that's where it, I think that's where it gets very exciting. And then somehow you notice more. Um, but is this another form of yeah. law of attraction? Is this something that is from that at all? Is is, is that related? Yeah, it's related. Um, it's the same thing. I try and look at it from a scientific perspective. As a physicist, I'm interested in space and time and really understanding the the mechanics of it. Um, you know, I play music and I'm part of the community for science of mind and unity around the country in the U.S. And um, I know they're elsewhere too. But it's a philosophy of positive thinking and, um, you know, creating in your mind the conditions for what you want to experience in the world outside of you. I think that's really powerful. And I try and I don't talk about it in the terms of, of manifestation and mm. law of attraction because I want to pull away from some of the concepts there that I think can be elaborated better or differently from a scientific point of view. But I think they're useful and, uh, and valid. No, I agree with so, you. Because you know, my, my intention is to what, sort of understand how those situations arise and what we can do to create more um, through our choices, create more uh, of those opportunities and uh, looking at time. So, you know, in, in space time, there's this a way in which we don't fully understand time. And you think of time as this clock that moves forward all the time or backwards. Some people think about retroactiveness and you know, backwards time, but all of that misses this idea of holistic time where a situation is unfolding at once. And within that situation, the different parts that are unfolding unfold as a whole. So the decision you make has an impact, not because it's causal, but because there's a relationship between you and the thing that you're the environment that you're in. So the synchronicity that comes the person who happens to be there in the audience who knows you or the Kristen coming out the door at that moment, we're actually part of one moment together, not me mm -hmm. causing him or him causing me, but one whole situation. And the synchronicity unfolds from that wholeness. To remind, I could know who said it. Someone recently said that we, they think that we are just a series of moments of time. Um, and that reminded mm. me from what you just said that, you know, you know, it's all, I like the word holistic time. I'll have to look at that a lot more, I think, to understand that uh, a bit better. But I, I, it's true though, we do have a strange relationship with time, which I think that creates a bit of an alarm in the body in well, the way that we perceive it. Um, you, you're familiar with, and I mean, you read the books, but, um, Chronos hmm. uh, and Kairos, the Greek notions of Chronos is linear time, like on your watch and Kairos is yeah. more like the holistic time, like what's unfolding in that moment that's useful and the, the opportunities that are unfolding in a given moment that are specific to that moment. And, um, a lot of indigenous cultures have this notion of what I think of, it seems to be like holistic time, where there's a sense of um, timelessness. The, the Aboriginal cultures in Australia have this notion of the dreaming, which is, um, I don't want to speak too much outside of my, my awareness, my knowledge, but it's a sense of uh, the past and the future are not, the past is behind us and the future is in front of us, but it's all happening together here. It's all, it hasn't gone. Uh, I love that. I'd have to look more, more into that. I'd have to look more into that. But what, 
Um, I want to go back to something that I think would be helpful for the living in flow and talking about synchronicity is um, the way that um, you describe it in the book and something that had been bugging me for ages, your book kind of answered for me living in flow, living in flow, was I always had a bit of a struggle with what is the universe and is it a friendly place? Is it... Um, does it give you what you want if you think the right things if you're you know can you really manifest and how does that relate to people who are really struggling that in Ukraine or in famine or having terrible things going on so I always look at this of the law of attraction and manifesting or synchronicity sometimes comes from a place of privilege and you you talk about that a bit more in in the second book about coming from a place of privilege and and, and racism etc but in a way, you kind of talked about the universe not really being good or bad and not responding to things in a way which it kind of giveth to some and taketh from others. It was almost like it was, I like the, I think you used the term, it was responsive. It was right. almost like it was responding to you. So can you just put, describe a little bit more what you think the universe is and, um, and, and its links to synchronicity and flow and how that affects us? Yeah, beautiful question, the way you phrased it. I, I think the two words are friendly and responsive. And um, the the phrase, is the universe friendly? You know, I got that from reading something about Einstein. I don't know if it was really him that asked that question, but um, it helps us direct our thinking about it. Like, are we living in the universe that wants to help? It's nice and, or you know. Is, is the law of manifestation actually there to help me? Um, is there a law of any kind like that? Or is it just a chaotic second law of thermodynamics that's uh, evolving <laughs> towards heat death in the, in the cosmos? And um, there's no God and no spirituality. And um, I grew up with both. Like my, my stepdad and my mom followed Swami Satchitananda, who was a yogic, an integral yoga teacher from India, living in, in California. And I learned a lot about the wholeness and looking at the world as a manifestation of myself. My dad, who I also lived with half the time, was, uh, had a, a, you know, basically a science perspective. Like he wasn't, he had let go, his family had let go of their religious heritage a long time ago and um, was very into science. And he was an atheist or like he wasn't militantly against religion, but he just didn't find any value in it. He loved science. He loved astronomy. He loved geology. Mm. So um, there's a sense I got both pictures. The universe is kind of sometimes it's friendly. Sometimes it gives me situations that help me. Like I've described with synchronicity. Sometimes those situations are, are difficult. Like my brother and I got in a car accident when we were in high school. Um, and that had a set of learning experiences. It was scary, scary for my family. And um, I think, and I think it's useful. What, what I think is the most useful is to look at each of us experiencing. We all experience difficulty, not just the people in, in really difficult situations. Rather than trying to understand those difficult, really difficult situations out there in the world, look at your own life. I look at my own life, and I look at how am I creating challenges for myself because of the way that I perceive my life or the situation. Mm -hmm. So how can I deal with that car accident I had? 
and not get caught up in stories that make me feel scared for the rest of my life about something, but actually use it as an opportunity to address my fears, become more connected to other people and talking with them about it. Um, I recently confronted my brother about some things that happened when we were younger. And it happened in a conversation where we ended up being really close afterwards because it was honest communication. So I think those things that have happened to me in my life, you know, they're small for the world, but they're big for me. <laughs> and they affect me and, and my choices in the future moving forward. So by working those things out, by having those conversations, and by using the synchronicities that happen as an opportunity to remember what you learned as a kid and how it's see how it's affecting you now, those are really powerful changes that we can make. And you know, I wonder if when we start to make those changes personally, they show up at work, they show up in their, in our politics, they show up elsewhere. So the bigger questions, the bigger pictures may start to be affected too, as we ourselves become more grounded in a positive, self-loving uh, mindset. Well, I love that. I think you you talked about it in Leap to Wholeness, uh, about being seduced by our filters, uh, which yeah. <laughs> I remember writing down when I heard that term, because I think that's such a good term. Um, but I think those, obviously, if the, you know, I'm still not sure what the universe is. Um, I heard a lovely I had a lovely conversation where someone said they think that the universe is just energy um, and we are part of it reflecting back on itself. Um, so it kind of res it yeah. responds yeah. back. Um, it responds back with with where we are. There's, uh, you know, we could, we are, you know, we're pulses of energy and we uh, are matter and we just happen to be where we are. So we, we deal with that within a, in, a, in that reflection. That kind of made sense. Yeah, well, I, I think that, to, that to answer that question, because I didn't get to it, hmm. um, sorry, yeah. I missed it. Um, I think that we live in a cosmos that is made of the physical stuff that we talk about, matter, energy, space, and yeah. time. Nothing mysterious there. But there's hmm. also this other thing called information. And that's pretty well understood in physics these days. Information is sort of its own entity. Um, but information is similar in a way to meaning, right? When something has information, when a conversation you have gives you information, there's meaning to it. Mm. So what I try and do in my work is connect those dots between information theory, in a sense, rigorously. I don't do it rigorously in my book, but I, I connect that to meaningfulness. And um, then when you look at meaningfulness, you start to look at different situations that can occur that are meaningful versus unmeaningful. Those meaningful situations, are synchronicities. They're the, mm. the way that life unfolds in a way that's more meaningful than it could have. <laughs> and so I think yeah. in addition to this just flat stage that we live on of space and time with planets and stars, we also have this way in which the universe is responding through meaning to us. And the terms I use uh, for that, the term I use is meaningful history selection. So this idea that we are like climbing a tree and there's all these choices we make and we go on this branch or that branch, but there's this way in which the tree as a whole has, um, you know, outcomes, the top apples, mm. we call them that are influencing our journey from the top. And so synchronicity is sort of this relationship between where we are now and where those apples are and getting us closer to the apples, even when we can't see how to get there. 
Mm. And suddenly out of the blue, some person comes along our path or some situation happens like you with hurting your, your ankle, your calf, mm. and it leads you to a new conversation with somebody else. That's actually an apple for you because you pick that apple and you, you get this new, new job or new race or whatever it is that you wouldn't expect. So that's the responsiveness. Yeah. It's not there to be friendly to you. It might bring about, but it is there to help you grow and learn. It's there to reflect your own processes inside so that you see yourself more clearly. And I think that is inherently helpful because it helps us shift and adjust and become more who we want to be. But it's not there to give us what we want. That's, that's where people get hung up sometimes. Like I got a bad yeah, yeah. situation for, for myself and I want to be able to look at how that actually might be serving me on my journey. I think yeah. that's a, um, a, a brilliant analogy. I think that's a great answer as well. I think, I think people do get hung up on the universe being, being able to give them something they want. And then it creates the expectations and attachments, which then cause suffering. Right. So then it's right. this battle, isn't there? Of, well, the, the lesson yeah, and I want to clarify, to go and surrender. Mm. Not helpful, I think, to talk about really big worldly situations that way, because I don't want to take away other mm. people's pain or try and explain other people's situations. That's why I pull it back on myself and say, here's what I can learn for myself from this situation that I'm going through. Yeah, and, and I think that's, I, that's why I'd, I'd love going back to going to your books, because I think there's sometimes this, I don't know, it just seems like a cognitive dissonance with places of privilege when we talk about the law of attraction or manifesting or synchronicities. And you, you mentioned that in, in your book too. And I think, and I love how you do bring it back to yourself because we don't know the answers as to why that, you know, people are experiencing what they're experiencing or we can manage as our own filters and our own money, our, our own experience of reality. Um, and in a way, one of the things that you do is you're quite proactive in creating change. I think that's one of the things that's, come out of your book because you know it's not like you just accept that things are bad in the world and that's it you just trundle along and get on with your own world but you seem to take part in creating you know into making change uh, as part of your synchronicity and flow so you've made it you've made your your synchronicity and flow a more purposeful and meaningful life can you tell me a little bit more about that and how that's happened yeah thank you for asking that yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the more I saw synchronicity happening in my life and seeing this as a principle and studying it in science, being like, this is the way the world works, the universe works. It's not like obvious that it's here to benefit us, but it, it has benefited me at certain times in certain ways. Um, mm -hmm. It must extend beyond me and it must be able to influence or affect real issues in the world. How do I, what would I do if that were the case? You know, I, I want to. I want to stand by and not you know, apply it more where it can be applied. And so what I do is I get involved in ways that feel comfortable to me. I stretch my comfort zone, but not too much. Mm -hmm. Like I do things that I love that feel um, effective. A lot, for me, a lot of times that's volunteering as on the phone or sometimes in person during political campaigns, either for people or for, for issues. Um, and it's always ways that I can do while I'm also running my family and you know, leading my professional life, writing a book or whatever. So I don't, um, it doesn't get in the way of those things, but it does uh, align with them. 
And in the virtual world these days, there's a lot you can do online. So um, as a family person, I don't have to be away to help out. I can contribute. And you know, to, to speak about privilege and synchronicity, um, I mean, it's clear to me that synchronicity is a term that's been a, a, an understanding of the world. It's been around throughout all of history. Um, we see it in Native American culture, um, the, the understanding that we are part of nature. Nature is part of us. And, and the symbolism that comes from talking or understanding that language that, uh, that nature is talking to us with. And that's, that's the same thing, I think. I mean, from my perspective, that's what mm -hmm. it seems like. And so the idea of synchronicity in the West from Carl Jung is a new label for, an, for something that's always been around that people have understood. Um, so it's not, uh, it's not, it's accessible to everybody all the time. Um, what I think I have noticed and I write about a little bit in the book is you know, we live in the current world with certain structures, cultural, cultural structures that are in place that are, are systemically repeating themselves and creating inequities. And so mm -hmm. then you have certain, certain groups of people that have more opportunities within those structures and the synchronicity looks like opportunity sometimes. So you have more opportunities to get a loan or buy a house. That seems like synchronicity and it, it is synchronicity, but it's also more available to people who are, have that option, who are not being discriminated against. So people of color might have historically been left out of that market, and not experienced those kinds of synchronicities. And, but it's really about the systems that we've created that are not equal, not equitable. And I, that's my view. I, I guess it's um, yeah, no, I, and I love that. I love what you're saying because it, it really does add a lot of purpose to uh, a meaning to the, what synchronicities can do in, in regards to if you have, uh, you know, a view that there's something wrong and that you would like to get involved in in those justices with it, the, you know, the planet, the climate, it, you know, racism, politics. Um, I guess knowing that would that. The more you begin to put energy in that place, you're going to notice synchronicities to help you begin to create, uh, you know, to help you evolve that situation, to take part in in it into whatever degree you're going to. That's what I love about the, yeah, you know, know, this is a, is as an example. Yeah, I'll give a quick example, which is sort of a uh, big picture, which you know uh, illustrates the way I, I think about this. Last year, I was involved in some some um, climate change legislation in the U.S and just personally making calls for some organizations to voters. And, um, and at first it, you know, it, it didn't, didn't get passed and it was very disappointing and discouraging and exhausting. And then it um, came, came back around, the issue came back around in the summer and it got passed. And it was incredibly rewarding to see the momentum that had been built by millions of people making this effort um, for something that was so important for this the biggest climate change funding we've had in the US ever and a shift in the public perception. So um, it does feel really reinvigorating for me when I've been involved with something, it can be very discouraging when it doesn't go well. But I think what, what I've learned from that is that it's not always gonna go well in the moment, but if you continue investing your energy, creating that symbolic momentum, that's what I call it, like momentum in terms of synchronicities, um, yeah. things keep moving and, uh, and the last step in the, in the book, I have this process called the Lorax. 
listen, open, reflect, release, act, and don't give up X. Mm. <laughs> and so that piece yeah. about not giving up and continuing on the journey, even if it doesn't look like you're being successful is a way of continuing to build momentum so that you can reach that apple. And all of a sudden the apple appears and you're like, ah, we made it to a new, new space. Mm. I love that. I, I, it, it really does make a difference to have that type of mindset with through the Lorax process to be able to, and what I teach is the ability to pause and be able to stand back and reflect. It's that a little bit of breath work, a little bit of centering, um, and to, to train the mind to be able to do that. I, I, I obviously it's easier for me because it's my job, but just to hear clients and hear people being able just to pause just for a moment to be, to, to you know, to step back. And, and do a process where you're, um, again, you're listening, you're being open, um, you know, you're yeah. able to release, you know, which is like a surrender, and then you can act on it. That's, that's an amazing, uh, you know, step to be able to take. Uh, but it does take a bit of training. But the more you practice these sorts of things, and mm -hmm. the easier it becomes for it to become a bit more natural. And then flow takes, take, flow does take a different uh, turn, I think. It's amazing what you begin to see differently around you. And we can relax with the world a little more, well, with our, with our own world anyway. Absolutely. I think uh, for me, pausing has been uh, a real practice. You know, one of the things that gets in the way of synchronicity and flow for me is uh, my mind working too fast and, you know, taking in information really quickly mm. and then playing out scenarios, how it's going to go or what I should do. And, slowing down those reactions mm. has made me more able to see what's actually available in this moment. So I'll give a synchronicity example. Yesterday I was working at home and my, my wife works from home as well. And, um, she comes in at like 1130 and says, so you have an, we're just chatting as she's on her way you know, out the door. She's like, so you have an appointment at noon. And I was like, no, that's an old appointment. It's like, calendar event that for my coach that isn't relevant. Um, and it's a coach that I stopped working with a few months back, but, uh, then as she was, uh, leaving the house, she said something about like some show she's not going to buy tickets for that. I hate the show. You know, she knows I hate this, this, uh, <laughs> theater show. So she makes a joke every time it becomes available. I'm not going to get tickets for this. And, uh, <laughs> And it's into the woods. I, I just, I don't like into the woods, you know, <laughs> show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, well, it's, it's a bit like, yeah, it's a love or hate, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. And uh, I totally respect people who love that show because we're big musical theater fans. Um, but she yeah. knows that I, you know, I'm not going to buy tickets for that. So she, she makes this joke. Um, we're going to miss out on the opportunity. And I was like, something triggered in me. I need to pause. Why am I getting that message about missing out? But I didn't really pause and I said, okay, fine. Um, I got my own stuff to do today, stayed busy. And then I, I missed a call from my coach who had sent me in. It was actually a fresh invite to restart again. And I hadn't realized that. And I missed that call. And it would have been very nice to have that conversation yesterday because I was in the space where I wanted that help. Okay. And so I was very discouraged by the fact that I missed both her, her reminding me that I have an appointment on the calendar and then saying you're going to miss out. And neither of those triggered an awareness for me to stop, pause, and notice. 
you know, what's going on in my life that I can take more uh, inventory of. That would have been a synchronicity, but, but I missed it. Yeah. But, but, but then saying that, but even though you've had this conversation, maybe it's too, maybe it's a missed opportunity that's leading to something bigger because you've had this missed opportunity. You're going to pay more attention to it next time. Who knows? That's, that seems to be how things go. Yes, I guess it's a, a road you didn't take, but because you didn't take that road, maybe well, there's another road that's going to open up now with a new apple for you. Absolutely. And I'd say the biggest thing I've had to do as a practitioner of this in my own life is deal with my own feelings of disappointment and self self critique, self criticism, when I miss opportunities, because I want these opportunities so bad in my life, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lacking, I'm needing more love, more opportunity, more success, you know, that's how it feels. And so when I miss an opportunity, I get really negative on myself, I used to, I don't do that as much anymore. Because what I did, like in the situation yesterday, was I didn't eat, I didn't think like oh I got to fix this. I actually had a conversation with my coach on on text, expressing my feelings in a way that I didn't used to do, and and actually connecting with her just by being honest. I'm a little bit angry with you that you didn't send me a reminder. And I didn't hold that in <laughs> as I might have in the yeah. past. But I also took the responsibility and I, I appreciated her for who she is. You know, so it was this very nice interaction that we had. It was a different experience that I had instead of the coaching, but it was, it was where I, I got tons of value from that. So I do think that when we can let go of what we wanted, what we thought was supposed to happen, it, and what's in the way of that is often, you know, learning about ourselves and our own self talk. When we can do that, then we open up to whatever else is, whatever gifts are available. Yeah. I, I love that story. And I think, Again, it's, I, I like the vulnerability that you share with that of what you struggle with and um, how you're you're developing your awareness around that um, because that's how we grow. And I I, 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 I still you know I, I sometimes get a bit suspicious with synchronicities because you you do sometimes you miss out on an opportunity or something appears to go wrong, and yet there's this little nagging voice in my headset that says, "But yeah, but you know you're going to gain from this," and that's the bit right. that. I begin to then start to go, well, what then? What is it? And I think just even asking that question well, just seems to open is, up uh, that filter. Yeah. Yeah. Open up the filters that we're yeah. limiting our view of the world with. And that's the game, right? Yeah. It's not the, yeah, yeah. the, the job I was going to get or the meeting I was going to have that I missed. It's the self-awareness that you got from that, which is the real gift. Yeah, that's that's a real that's a, that's a real apple, isn't it? Just the, the level of self awareness that you're opening yourself up, because I think you know I always I, I do this a little exercise with clients. I say if you imagine right this very second, you have infinite possibilities leading to various ideal lifestyles, choices, all sorts of things, and it's your choice now in the present moment that leads to one of these timelines. But you have to be open to them to begin to take a path. Um, and there's, there's a level of freedom we have in this present moment to be able to do that, that to make that choice. I, and that's why I like your filter work, because we can be seduced quite quickly the minute we move out of the present moment with our attention anyway. Those filters begin to yeah. appear. You can't get it. You can't have what you want. You're not good enough. Uh, the world's a certain way. There's not enough in the world for you to get what you want. So we make these stories up 
Um, and, and we do, we get seduced by these filters because, and I think we collude with it ourselves because, well, it's more comfortable to believe the filter than it is to step into the unknown and be free to go finding those apples, isn't it? That can, that leads to that, you know, we talked about that at the beginning, that, that scared feeling and that window of opportunity. Um, yeah, that's what the nervous system. Is doing. Yeah. inviting us to um, step out of that filter. Yeah. We get limited yeah. by the, what, we, what we think we see, what the, what the boundaries really are. And the scary thing, like you just said, is going against what we perceive through our filter to see if there's something else going on that we can't really understand. Mm. By being brave, to, for me to, like, to step on the stage and share something musically, like I'm, my, my filter is saying they don't want me to do that or I'm taking up too much space or I'm too loud. Mm. Or they're not going to like the song. And the only way I get to take apart that filter and see what's really happening for people is by taking that opportunity to step through the window and do it. And then I get different feedback. Like I love that song and I get to re rebuild mm. the filter in a new way. Right. I get to deconstruct the, the belief that people don't like what I'm doing and I get to reconstruct, Oh, this person, this specific person is deeply affected by what I'm doing. So there's real evidence towards a new worldview for a personal worldview. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that. And I think it's just addressing those unconscious commitments that can keep us, you know, believing our filters that, you know, remaining seduced by them. That if we feel that mm -hmm. we're not going to get what we want and that's what we really believe, then we tend to prove ourselves quite right. <laughs> we're very good. At well, that. actually that's the example I gave of, of Aikido really spoke to that for me. Mm. I notice in my life currently a pattern where, you know, reinforcing or believing that I don't belong is really deep in me. So even though I've got more experiences of feeling like I do belong, I noticed that when I went to Aikido and I had five minutes with them um, and I didn't get to spend that very well because I rushed out the door, I noticed that what my mind did was it went into making them wrong. Sort of demonizing them in some mm -hmm. way like okay i don't need you guys i'm too busy for you it feels good to be too busy to stick around and socialize i i actually really deeply need the love but being too busy to receive love is actually less vulnerable less scary mm. than showing up and actually receiving the love <laughs> so i noticed mm -hmm. in my life very broadly that when i get into situations where i might actually really connect at a deep level with people I actually make them the enemy. That's my filter. <laughs> but God, yeah, I mean, no, that's I, gotten in the I, way I, of actually connecting so much. Yeah, and I, I, I love that you shared that, by the way. I think that's it's, it, it's something that speaks to a lot of people. You know, it's if you find being connected that alien that you know um that you know you're not used to it because your normal reality through your filters has been to be the outsider to be the one that feels left out and doesn't belong then being connected is a strange concept even though you know logically you want it and need it but to actually have it can feel very very strange i did the same when i had my anxiety disorder you know everyone said you know mindfulness you'll be peaceful and calm and all of these things and I just couldn't imagine it. So what I did instead was use my filters to keep um, to keep, keep keep my struggles, to keep my anxiety, but complain I had it. 
You know, that's what I was used to. And it was when I managed to finally change my identity to someone who could relax, who could uh, begin to get used to that piece, then that, that could, it could be expand and grow a bit. Yeah, and that's what reminded me of when you were sharing that. Uh, and I, I could relate to that quite well. One of the things I do, like in the workshops I lead, is um, helping people name their filters. And the naming process is very simple. It's identifying the thoughts you're having. So first you identify something that triggers you, some tension or um, emotional charge you have with a person or a situation, like um, you when you're trying to feel less anxious, but you can't picture it. Mm. And then noticing the thoughts, like listing three different thoughts you're having. People are looking at me weird, or people will judge me, or I'm not good enough. And then those are thoughts in your head, and then noticing three emotions you're having. Those are different. Like, I feel scared. I feel embarrassed. I feel insecure, Mm. uncertain. And then also noticing three sensations in your body. Like, that's the physical tension you might feel in your shoulders, or my eyes get heavy, or my neck gets stiff, or... My breathing gets shallow, mm. my legs get shaky. And when you, especially those body sensations can be a, a reminder, like a clue. Oh, I'm feeling that sensation. I'm having this filter come up, right? It's a, it's a clue that you're having that experience. Mm. And then um, it's really powerful for me to name, to create a name for actually like create a, a sentence to describe my filter based upon the thoughts and the feelings. And those names, those, those filters are usually really um, kind of infantile like, in a way. Like, I don't think I'm going to get love mm. is one that I've experienced. And so when we can, what, in my experience, when I can name the filter, mm. it's not like, you know, yeah. in, in some traditions, we go for like positive thinking. This is not yeah. that. I don't find that to be actually effective in the way that this is, which is like naming the negative thought or, or just the need, the, the way that my brain is framing the world, the filter, naming it. So I see it. And then every time that happens, I see it. I go, oh, I'm believing right now that I'm not going to get any love. And then I can actually have a conscious choice to say, ah, I'm not sure that's true here. I'm talking with my wife. She loves me. We have a long history together. She probably does. I'm probably going to get love here. So I can maybe back off from my feeling threatened at the edge of a cliff and like give her some, give her some generosity. Um, so naming the filter actually, for me, really helps me to become even more aware of the negative messages or the sabotaging messages so that I can then, as an adult, decide what's really true for me. So thank you for sharing that process. I think a lot of people listening to this will really appreciate it. And I can see how it works because you're moving from the mind into the body to discuss your feelings and then to to, well, to think about your feelings and then to think, you know, to process um you know what the uh the sensations i love that i guess I, I, I love i know a big part of my work is moving into the body so i can see how effective that that tool actually is uh, we could talk yeah. forever but unfortunately we have to have to um wrap it up um sky where can people find out more about your work i, I really heartily recommend your books to anyone who wants to get into the the bones of you know the science behind synchronicity and flow and also uh, looking at the leap to wholeness and, and your filters, but where can people find more about you? I started an organi- organization called the Synchronicity Institute, and it's at www.synchronicityinstitute.com. 
and I lead workshops and um, seminars there online or in person if you happen to be near me. But um, you can find my books there. You can also find them in your bookstore. So the, the best thing is to go to your local bookstore and see if they can order it because it, they are, they're both available through the traditional channels of distribution. So that supports local Excellent. economy. And um, I love that. Social media, cool. Instagram, well, I will put, yeah. Facebook, all that. I will put your details in the show notes for people just to be able to scroll down and be able to click on and uh, have a look at your institute and uh, have a look at where, the, where your books are, et cetera. Um, thank you so much, Sky. This has been a wonderful conversation. I can never tell where these conversations are ever going to go. They never go where I think. So I just want to say I'm very grateful uh, for you spending the, taking the time to come and talk to me tonight. I guess we modeled flow for the listeners and for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely did. Thank Thanks you very a lot, much. Paul. I really appreciate the work you're doing to um, help all of us become um, more well-established on our journey of wholeness and purpose. Oh, no. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Sky. If you enjoyed it, please share, please subscribe and share some love by leaving me a review. And for you, remember to stay awake, stay aware, and I hope you have the most incredible day.